Hi, this is Lorette Rota. It's been a while. We have not spoken for a while and it's because of the ups and downs that are going on. I've been holding various things, webinars and uh, yes, as a creative, I've been all over and uh, I'm sorry for the long break, but uh, I'm here now. And yes, I can say that uh, a, lot of, a lot of the things that I've been doing are going on well. Uh, there's the, I've been volunteering as a, as a psychologist at a mental institution and um, it's, it's a bit hectic, but it's worthwhile, despite the fact that uh, we are exposed to the virus sometimes. So, yeah, that's just it. That's why I took the break. So, today I'm just going to talk a little bit about gender-based violence, which uh, is quite common nowadays. And uh, another thing about it is uh, it's something that I champion against. So, it's very important to know these things. I'm just going to touch on the gender-based violence because it's what I talked about during a discussion with the, with the group uh, called Mombaza magazine. So they wanted to know what gender-based violence is and I actually told them gender-based violence involves physical force, like intended to hurt or damage or kill someone. It can involve using strength or emotional to attack someone based on their gender, both women and, and experiences, it's not only about the women, in fact. But the majority of the things are women and girls. So this means uh, uh, gender-based violence is not only physical, but it's also emotional and psychological. And even uh, there's cyber-based violence. So gender-based violence is a, is a vast, it's, it's like a vast topic. It's just uh, the fact that it's gender-based, it, it means that it's, it basically relies on the fact that it is targeted towards a specific gender. So, uh, just as I've said, it involves emotional, verbal, abuse. Uh, there are various types of gender-based violence. So the most common, let's start with the most common physical violence, which is quite common. It, it normally just includes homicide, manslaughter, assault. It, it, it coexists with other forms of violence. What is it? What do they call it? It coexists with the forms of violence. Let's just say, like emotional gender-based violence that coexists with physical violence, or even cyberbullying, where you cyberbullying, cyberbased violence, where you come, you bully then the stalker or uh, the person who's actually used tracks you down and physically assaults you. So um, from that, there's also sexual violence, which is also gender-based. Um, this is where the sexual act is, is committed without or performed without the other person's consent. So this includes people you're really intimate with or married to. So sexual violence is basically rape or sexual assault. It's just that uh, you're attacked, even if, even if you're in an intimate relationship with someone, you have the right to say no, or you don't feel like being intimate or having sex with someone. But uh, with sexual gender-based violence, in some cultures, whether you like it or not, you can be raped or sexually assaulted as the person might feel that it's their right to sleep with you or have sex with you, which is wrong. So this is basically what uh, gender-based sexual violence is. So then there's the mental or psychological violence, which is violence causes psychological harm to the individual. Uh, for example, constantly being told, you know, to in the head, you're stupid, you, I don't know what's wrong with you. You need to do something about yourself or you're not normal. In short, someone just tries to make you feel like you're insane or you're not you're not like other people, you're different. 
And uh, what I can say about this is you should embrace it because being different doesn't mean you're weak and being different has never meant that you're insane. Being different can mean that this person is trying to intimidate you. The abuser might be trying to intimidate you so that you feel less of a human being. Or the abuser might have low self-esteem so the only way they can hire their self-esteem is by telling you things that uh, they think will hurt you. Then there's emotional violence which is constantly verbally abused at all your workers. Affecting, it just generally affects your entire well-being. So the effects of verbal or emotional abuse are harder to support and harder to prove. So the emotional scars can take a very long time to heal. You know, it's not like the physical violence where sometimes you go to hospital and maybe you have a broken arm and the doctor checks it and it's easily treated. No, it doesn't work like that. Emotional scars really take a long time to heal. So sometimes it's normally important to get to know that if you're being emotionally abused or so that you can de- you can get out of that situation before the, the harm is the damage is too far gone. So sometimes it's important to note that this person or your partner or the person even it can be your parent or your relative or whatever is emotionally abusing you or um, or even your husband or your wife is emotionally abusing you. You have to take note and realize when you're being abused so that you can be able to take the necessary steps for you to move out of that kind of environment because emotional scars are normally are compared to like they can kill it's easier emotional uh, violence is easier easier easily kills more than physical violence so you see emotional violence is something that you deal with that can cause to other kind of chronic illnesses and at the same time emotional violence is it easily translates to this physical violence. So this person who emotionally abuses you all the time might end up harming you one day physically, you know, because it's, it's verbal abuse that I threaten you all the time and I tell you, okay, this is not, this is, you, you're worthless. So one time I just said to harm you. And this financial economic violence, this is abuse that abuses uses power and control. The, the abuse of this kind uses power and control. So they so try to maintain control generally through the use of money, businesses, whether it's controlling all the budgeting of the household or, or not letting the victim have access to their own bank account or spending money, or simply not letting the victim have a job or earn their own money. The type of violence is often a big reason why someone is unable to live in a specific relationship because this person is tied up with finances. They need the finances, they need to be there. When, like most times in, uh, in the current society where so many youths are unemployed right now, when you're married, you normally find that one of the partners maybe is not working or is not able to get the finances to sustain them. So they're dependent on the other partner and the partner basically abuses them all the time financially by controlling, making sure that they can they can they have no control of the finances and um, most times using it as a threat to the their partner in case of anything like uh, you know the the, the, the person who's Financially abused, I think that if they leave a particular relationship, they won't be able to take care of themselves because they don't have the money. And sometimes, um, feeling like um, the, fa- the the other partner might feel that the abuser might feel like they're the ones who are sacrificing um, their, their their everything because they think maybe the sacrifice all about what financial gain. But um, what I can say about it is. Uh, Financial economical violence is mostly common amongst women because you know most times women have women are the ones who have the children, then they have to take the child from the housewives, then you have to sacrifice your career to take care of the family, you have to keep making choices, making choices. Um I'm not saying this because um 
I'm being biased, but it's just the reality of life. There's the women are the carriers of the baby, they're the care, they're the primary caregivers, unless otherwise. And most times, you find that these women, most culturally, they are made to be dependent on their husbands. And at the end of the day, you find that it's easier to be financially abused at that state. And when you're financially abused, it can be translated to physical violence, so that's basically gender based violence in terms of um, finances. So, um, the next thing I think we can, I'm going to talk about is just the, the psychological factors that contribute to gender based violence generally. So, we um, find that for the abusers or the abused, they accept violence as a way of conflict. Maybe they've seen it in their lives, their parents did it, their relatives did it, their caregivers did it. So, most times they think, like, oh, this is normal. So, uh, being abused or being attacked is, is a norm. So, and in other some, some communities, masculinity is linked to dominance, honor, and oppression, which are linked to gender based violence. So, like, men have to do needs so all the time to protect their egos, their own physically or emotionally, or for this, to, to just make them look like they're aggressive or be able to dominate their partner. And um, just as I said earlier, there's also the factor whereby. You witnessed marital violence as a child, you've been abused also as a child, then you've been rejected from your parents, your parents are absent, this is a form of abuse because you're being the 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 you're being you're, you're being like this this word, what is this word? You lack the the affection because you're not there, your parents are absent, so you feel like uh, you feel rejected and you never have a sense of belonging to anything or anyone at the end of the day. So you end up you can end up being the abuser or the abused because the moment you feel like this person you've gotten maybe someone the the love from someone you feel like you should be attached to someone so much. So you end up being dependent on this other person rather if they're abusive. Then if you're the abuser, you feel like you need to control someone to be able to be there. So you know, being abused as a child leads to trauma and make you aggressive. So that is basically it. Then there's alcohol and substance abuse, which leads to gender-based violence. Most times you find that when someone is always high on something or drunk because basically the underlying factors like stress and all those things. So they end up uh, projecting all that stress only when they use these substances. Then uh, there's uh, mental illness like this psychosis, schizophrenia, bipolar, they can also be violent. Depends on the type that they are. Some people do not know how to deal with frustration and stress, which makes them, you know, depression and depression also makes them sometimes end up being violent or abusive in one way or another. Or another. Um, so for the for the perpetrators, they are always looking for someone to get out their frustration. Um, there's no excuse for gender based violence. But, um, one thing you should know is always take note of the different types of gender-based violence so that at least you know how to deal with them at the end of the day. So there have been increased in the reports of gender-based violence in India, especially people killing each other. The other day there was a kid, a brother who killed a sister, a small baby. It's so sad that you wonder why it's been increasing, you know. Because of the pandemic, you know, victims are locked in, they are losers and there's nowhere to go. Most people don't understand the laws that comes know when it comes to TV, they don't know how to seek help. But this is normally assumed that policemen are not going to help them at the end of the day, or the law enforcement is just going to see that you and your family are that's a family thing. So, there's little knowledge on what to do when you're abused. But uh, 
my country let's say Kenya right now there are two three numbers where you can just call and uh, seek help or um, if, if it's something that you need therapy or the, the counselors also who are offering the services, services or psychologists are offering the services for for free yeah and it's online or over a phone you don't have to meet the person so because of the pandemic of course but uh, maybe if it comes down you'll be able to have the take other measures to deal with the pandemic um, so I talked earlier about uh, perpetrators being wanting to be in control of their victims. So one of the things that I discussed the other day with my brother is actually um, there was a question that asked about empath being natural praise of narcissistic partners. Mm, this is one of the strategies we need to capacity build on how to determine our personalities. There are various types of ways or tests to you know your personality. Narcissists are attracted to people they get the greatest use from, like they use people. But the funny thing about narcissists is most times they don't know they are narcissists. This is the funniest thing about it. They normally think, most naturally think they are empaths, like they are helping but they are narcissists. So, so most times we find that their targets are empaths. So empaths like, are the opposite of narcissists. They often fall prey to full narcissists personalities who thrive on the need for admiration. So this is basically control of acquiring someone else sensitive social form of database variety. Because empaths are highly sensitive and they know that people's emotions is more they are more like empaths are more inclined to emotional Because you know that those people who are close their people. So at, at the end of the day they attract narcissists because they can easily be used. And you find that um, the real empaths don't even know they are empaths. They they barely tell you they're empaths. But uh, the narcissists are the ones who can go around telling people they're actually empaths, but they're not. They're narcissists. But uh, in most times, in any relationship, the narcissistic partner will always think they are narcissistic. Most times. Because they find that this narcissistic partner is very selfish. They think of themselves. So they think that they're always being attacked. They always think that they're not being some. They think that they're not being given what they want or what they deserve. So most times, we find that the narcissistic person will always think, oh, you know, my empath, you don't care about people, oh, but they're always thinking about themselves. So, um, so about, uh, there's also a question on religion playing a role in promoting vulnerability of empaths towards narcissists. So, uh, this, this can fall under, you know, cultural, religious, gender-based violence, which happens when abusers use aspects of a victim's particular cultural identity or beliefs to inflict suffering as a means of control. So some religious beliefs make empaths believe that they are the saviors of the narcissist or the healers. If you check, check for example, the religion tells you a person has been seriously abusing you but they, say, they keep telling you that you keep praying for them, being there for them. They're the one who can change in their lives because that is what you're supposed to do or that's your purpose or that is what you're born for and yet you're the one who's hurting. So sometimes uh, gender-based violence, cultural gender-based violence, or religious gender-based violence happens this way, and it happens at the empaths because they seem to be they are they are termed as the saviors of the world or the healers of the world. So it's it's only like an illusion whereby you you thinking that you are healer. Healing people does not mean you stay in an abusive relationship. 
even healing people does not mean that uh, you stay there whether you are abused or not because at the end of the day the person will change the person will be a better version of themselves so you think that they are for them it doesn't work like that you think that they will stay with them and there is no excuse to stay in an abusive relationship so um, I was also asked what should someone do in case they are victims of gender-based violence So first you have to know what you're being that you're being abused as the first thing as a noted idea then there are various institutions one can go to where they are abused like for example in my, in my country and county you can go to hospital hospital you can go to if if it's something that has affected you psychologically you can go to oasis in Nairobi you can go to Dai and you can always check online for these people's contacts just search for institutions that deal with gender-based violence and try to contact them and tell them what you've been through. Um, also, you can, if, if that is hard for you, you can also talk to someone you trust who wants to be a mentor. This, mostly, most times you find that it's normally a close friend or oh, a stranger or relative before you go forward with the, with the case. You can actually take the laws. You know, it's in some cases like sexual violence or physical abuse, you can always go ahead and take a Take it forward to the law court so they can be the person they have to take up with if they have caused a lot of damage. So, these um, institutions um, have, I think they have enough capacity to investigate and prosecute uh, gender-based violence. About cyber-based gender violence, I don't think there's um, cyber-based gender-based violence is really tricky. Because it has it has also increased over the years. Also, like all social media platforms have a method, but all social media platforms have a method of like reporting a person to administrators. With many having like provisions in place to specifically report cyber bullying situations where interactions are more serious, it's recommended to ensure the interactions are final for the police. I know, like in Kenya, it's a it's a criminal matter. So as was. And messages on social media can sometimes be deleted. It's important to provide evidence to relevant authorities when reporting such crimes. So be very careful. And uh, those who practice cyberbullying, just know it's not fair. And um, hiding behind the computer, knowing that no one will, will be able to report you or touch you or having an anonymous account, does not mean that uh, you are also with what you post on the internet because perpetrators use them against you all the time so you have to be very careful with what you post on the internet so I think uh, one of the last questions that I was asked was uh, the solutions to us ending, ending and preventing gender-based violence we need to educate on all types of gender-based violence this is one of the things that I've been championing all like most parts of my life you know, I have this initiative out against abuse that I've been doing with and um Basically, just capacity building with gender-based violence. Because there are some people who still don't know when they're being abused. The front line of the prevention should be education. Because they need to know what is going on. In this current age of social media, you can use your voice and social media to bring out things to people. Using social media can help you connect with others outside, you know, more social circles. You can even get online therapists to help you if you're a victim of abuse. 
In terms of jurisdictions concerning gender-based violence, there should be tighter regulations to the gaps that um, that already exist in our law in matters of gender-based violence. So once we know you're being abused, who is why to seek help and Apparently, there are various toll-free numbers that any victim can call in case they need therapy or pass because of them just free. Because uh, I guess because of the pandemic, people have to be very considering exchanging sessions and becoming harder and harder by the day. Another thing, my country, in my country, gender-based violence, ah, there are cultures that actually accept it as a norm, as a way of life, which is wrong. But uh, hopefully, as you continue going on with this, uh, campaigns of stopping gender-based violence or any form of abuse, they'll be able to conquer it all. So, thank you for listening to me. It's, it's just been uh, like around 21 minutes of your time. And I just wanted to discuss what uh, discussed on um, matters gender-based violence with the culture. So, have a nice day.